How we doing, fitties? It's Fitter Food Radio with me, of course, Matty Boy Whitmore and Keris Marsden in the house. How do? We are in our car again doing a podcast. This seems to be a frequent occurrence. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're travelling a lot, so it just kind of... Makes sense. does. It's actually quite a nice environment to do a podcast. It's warm, it's quiet-ish. We have an abundance of snacks <laughs> yeah, as usual and we've got limited battery so we can't well that stops you waffling a bit stops me and, me, and me waffling to be fair it's true actually you're i mean your mac's so old now your battery only lasts about five minutes yeah, yeah. it's like constantly on charge um but guys in this episode we wanted to speak a little bit about um the evolution if you will of fitter food and you know i suppose not only kind of our approach to our own like nutrition and training and whatnot, but also, you know, that of our kind of like our clients and our members and, and how we have, you know, most certainly changed our stance on some things over the years, which um, it's funny, we, we actually speak about this a lot, don't we? And that you, the, the, the kind of the information, the literature, the, the, the science that's out there in, in, in our industries is changing all the time, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and I suppose you could say that, you know, we, we've always said if you're, if you don't change your mind on things, you know, it probably shows that you're not evolving, you know, and it's okay to kind of put your hands up and say, actually, I think we were wrong about that or we didn't yeah. get that quite right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but that's kind of like half of the excitement of what we do, I guess. You know, it's not as simple as like this is this and that's that and that's just how it's going to be forever. Well, it's funny. I've um, started lecturing at the college where I was trained. They asked, asked me to go back and do sports nutrition. I ended up doing supplements, but... One thing I said to him, it was amazing to actually be in front of a, a load of students that kind of where I was, you know, a few years back. And I said, do you know what? You will never be bored ever again in your life <laughs> because yeah. you have so much information to sort through. But also, like, if you're passionate about the topic, you'll love doing that. It's, really, yeah. it's an exciting part of what you do. But it, it's an ever-changing industry. And that's the same for both fitness and nutrition because the research is getting more advanced. They're getting mm-hmm. more... If you think about it, a lot of the things that we've recommended there aren't these kind of like long trials in place and there aren't you know population studies are kind of takes a while to gather that data and there's so many different factors that influence the outcomes so we talk about the importance of of science and the fact that you know are your are your are your recommendations scientific but actually you know when you talk about the gold standard of a scientific study a double blind randomized controlled trial it's a expensive it's b not necessarily gonna you know it might be sponsored by somebody who's got a vested interest yeah, yeah. and um so even though these are great they're not always necessarily going to be um you know, the be all and end all and I think the one thing that I'm really kind of concluding at the moment is just how much is coming through about the kind of connection between um the brain and the body so like how much your kind of previous experiences in life like your childhood yeah. influence your health none of this is ever going to really be factored into kind of a lot of it is studied at the moment by the science but when you're kind of looking at whether or not somebody has a fish oil, do you see what I mean? Yeah. There's just a trillion other factors that are going to influence the outcome of that study. You know, so it's, yeah, it's just, just really interesting. But so we, we use the science absolutely, but we also draw on a lot of our own experience as practitioners um, and so, well, like as, as trainers and nutritionists together, we kind of make decisions on things and right down to the fact that when we're making recommendations, if it's not practical, we kind of go, well, as amazing as that would be, it actually causes people more stress yeah. to recommend that, yeah. you know, so we've even trialed things that we think, you know, that'd be a great nutritional 
step to take but actually the reality of it is it just it isn't for people and stress has such a massive impact on your health that it can actually have you know the opposite well i suppose like you know like, i mean we we've we've spoken about this for a long long time haven't we that you know like health is so kind of multifaceted and it's not just a case of oh the food you eat and how much you exercise of course they play a role but we we say it time and time again the link between kind of like your mindset and your stress levels and the kind of the knock-on effect if you will to everything else is is huge um and it's good to see that it's kind of gaining a bit of traction now isn't it it's yeah, spoken definitely. about you know oh, it's, in, yeah. it's in the magazines and even some of the more uh, like the mainstream tv shows are, are talking about it now well you are uh, you should probably <clears throat> talk about a course you're doing at the moment in nutrition um, which I'm really, really impressed with because you came home the other day and said we're talking about ACEs, which is Adverse Childhood Events, which we've done on podcast, I think it's 79 or 76, uh, have a look back. And just how to, when you're working with clients and individuals, to start to ask about those kind of things because it just affects, it does affect the immune system. It's not just like, oh, it kind of affects their personality or their sense of motivation, positivity. It might affect those things, but it, and it definitely affects their relationship with themselves for a start. I, I see that time and time again, but it also really affects someone's actual biochemistry in that they might be a bit more kind of Mm pro-inflammatory and you were saying it was mentioned on this course that you're doing yeah so i've started doing um the mac nutrition university uh course which is a 12-month course run by martin mcdonald and his team uh it's phenomenal of course we're both always furthering our learning but for me as you know i'm quite particular with how I absorb information (laughs) and um, it sounds terrible but I have to you know I have to like the person who I'm learning from as well oh I see so you don't like like it when I well no you're not going to offer me a qualification (laughs) are you (laughs) you know so this is something that I listen to other amazing people in this industry talk about and that is the amount of information you have to take on board about when you're doing nutrition or, or even personal training and stuff it's so much that then you start to forget the really cool stuff that you learn, you know, like last week, last month. And that is happening to everybody. Mm. So whenever I get up and do a talk, bear in mind, I'll spend a good couple of days getting right into that information again and reabsorbing yeah. it, doing like, you know, just, just familiarising myself with it. It's not that you ever forget it. And it doesn't always change your approach. But for you, I really feel for you because I went off and did a three-year structured course and I've just fired information at you with no structure whatsoever. So, like, oh. <laughs> so you were like, I think I need to go away and have my own journey with this. And that's why you decided yeah, to Yeah, but it. also as well, like I think what what's quite cool is that, you know, you know, same as you used to come back from your lectures and seminars or, you know... <clears throat> maybe an online webinar that you've listened to, you know, you, you kind of immediately come back to me and you start telling me about the stuff that you've learned and, and, and we have a conversation about it and then I give my point of view and, and we're, we're kind of doing the same thing now, but, yeah. you know, with me. So I'm kind of like going off learning and it's, it, I mean, the big thing that kind of, um, kind of like this course, why it appealed to me was because a big, big chunk of it is it's about being a, an evidence-based practitioner and I know you're probably thinking, oh, you know, well, surely everybody is evidence-based, but it's not quite, is no, it? No. You know, a, a lot of people might, you know, read something in a textbook and then just regurgitate that to their clients because they read it in a book and whatever. And, and uh, We're still using a blog. <laughs> you're a blog. But I read it on this really good blog. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, that the information that you are reading is wrong, but, you know, a big part of this course is being being able to, I suppose, dissect and understand studies better. 
Yeah. You know, because there, 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 there are good studies and there are bad studies. You know, some studies are incredibly biased, you know, because they're, they're funded by the people that want the study to be done to show that their product is amazing. All the, all the chocolate studies are done at the Nestle Research Centre. Yeah, well, funny, <laughs> uh, and there was I still, one. I still think they're great and studies. And there, uh, there was one about dog food or something that was funded by Pedigree Chum. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. basically it was such a biased study that they knew would make it look like Pedigree Chum was like the, the creme de la creme of, <laughs> the dog's of dog nuts. food. Yeah, the dog's nuts. <laughs> Um, you know, so, and that's a big, a, a huge thing for me was be, like I said, being able to understand a study better and what makes it a good study that you can actually go, this is solid. This is a really strong study, you know, and here's the kind of, you know, and this is what I'm taking from it. We're all looking at it and going, actually, this study is pretty weak. They should have done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that was what really appealed to me. Yeah, and it's that's done that. on like a very few people or yeah, and it's like kind of like how many people did it cover and, you know, what was this, was it statistically significant? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's a big part of like what I'm kind of enjoying as well as obviously, you know, it's not just a 12 month course of yeah. how to read a study. A lot of people um, are citing information and then just chucking a study out without reading what what was the outcome of the study, the conclusion. Um, so I see a lot of people cite reference studies and then when you go and click through, because that's often how I'll start reading studies, is reading mm. articles online and then clicking through the references and reading the study. It kind of leads me down into different other studies. Um, well, and, that, I mean, well, do you remember we was reading something of a well, kind of a well-known practitioner, if you will, in our industry? And when it came to the references... The references were referencing a blog. Yeah, yeah. And then in that blog, there was no references <laughs> yeah, to that yeah. information. They'd be that like, you, how can you reference a blog yeah. for a study? Yeah. And, you know, or based on a study of so-and-so, here's a link to a blog. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, it's, it's funny because I remember writing about um, uh, artificial sweeteners and aspartame and the studies are really, like, back and forth. I just, I just, they don't sit well with me and I'm pretty sure that something will come out about but, them. But, but, but it is really hard to find... It, it was. It is things like blogs and things, and, and various different it, articles. This is, this is, this is what's interesting. Yeah. Is because you know, whilst we say to people, you should probably limit your artificial sweetener intake for us i suppose you could say obvious reasons if you will you know the the fact that it is kind of an artificial and we're you know we're we're kind of a bit more for a more kind of natural approach if you will for the best part don't know why i've done that voice (laughs) Um, but because the, the, the 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 reality is there is no concrete study to say that sweeteners are detrimental to your health there's not a solid study to kind of back that up but is there there are studies but but, but there's nothing that you can go that there clear as day says yeah artificial sweeteners are detrimental to your health and linked to x y and z however this is where you know and a big part of you know that's reinforced on this course uh, is that you know you've got to use the science but you've got to combine it with experience yeah. and, and and your ability to work with a, an individual. So, so a great example of this is I know <laughs> I've been to. Um, so, if you listen to the work of uh, Dr. Brian Walsh, who I've talked about a lot on the podcast, he talks about Chris's new geek crush. My new geek crush. He S- talks about step aside, Chris Cresser, <laughs> Brian Walsh in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but actually, he was recommended to me by Dr. Tommy Wood and uh, Chris Kelly has also done a lot of work with him on their podcast and I've always really liked his stuff I've heard him on loads of different podcasts now um, but actually what I'm realising is a load of people who have, have, who've I've gone to courses with in the past especially down the kind of biosignature route have definitely been following Baron Walsh because I'm hearing the same statements coming out that I'm like wait a minute okay I've heard that statement before yeah amazing guy and um, you should everyone should check him out but 
what he said is there needs to be like a, a gap needs to be bridged between kind of conventional medicine and alternative because alternative is almost like <laughs> gets too carried away and I've definitely been there you know like all the way through my training uh, I'd hear about a test and I'd just do it and then it'd be like a year later the validity of that test would come up question and I was like oh blooming heck you know I just spent all that money having that test done yeah, yeah. and now they're saying it's not that effective or same for the supplements I'd be like oh my god that will help with this I'll take that you know I was, was my own experiment for a long period of time and that is definitely definitely what the alternative medicine world can be like at times because there's almost like more freedom in a way so you're not confined to for kind of the regulations that conventional medicine is and you're not restricted to 10 minutes and you've got access to all this information and supplements we have more time in terms of working with an individual to mm-hmm. kind of go off down different rabbit holes so you end up kind of sometimes getting carried away and losing sight of you know the basic stuff which is like go back to things like your biochemistry you understand that better and looking at blood chemistry of people and and actually interpreting that more scientifically and actually having I'm trying to have more of a dialogue with doctors which sometimes goes amazingly well and sometimes goes completely you know Pete Tong because some of them don't understand why I'm asking, could you investigate this further, this blood marker that I've seen? I just think it needs a bit more investigation. I'm not happy with a, you know, the reference range, etc. Um, and they kind of resent the money that I'm asking them to spend on yeah. that if the person isn't really ex- showing any signs or symptoms of, of illness. So, you know, I'm kind of working down that preventative route where I can see something coming mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is not, not healthy, this is not good. But they're like, well, until it goes wrong, we're not going to do anything about it. You know, so there's that kind of so the conventional medicine world falls down in that it's 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 generally trying to treat symptoms, it's not based on prevention, it's not based on cause, it doesn't have the infrastructure to do that mm-hmm. either. Like it you can't blame it. And also because of the re- regulations in place, it's slower to take up things that you know are almost certainly looking from a, from the early science and research to be a thing, like right. Um, so like, you know, the gut stuff, they're, they're kind of, they're giving out probiotics for inflammatory bowel conditions. But then if you go with, a, if they, if you go with IBS and they say, right, you're not celiac, it's not Crohn's, it's not colitis, you've got irritable bowel syndrome, go away. Have some antispasmodics, have a low FODMAP diet. That is not, a, a, if not, I can't use the word cure, that is not a way to treat IBS. Mm-hmm. There are so many things it could be triggering that IBS. It could be bacterial overgrowth it could be h pylori it could be an other kind of um, infection that's causing um like a food poisoning infection that's causing an autoimmune attack in the gut it could be just dis- dysbiosis yeast overgrowth from something else and they won't recognize all of those things at this point in time you know don't get me wrong in the alternative world might be kind of too obsessed with that at times and, and missing some other key things mm-hmm. that could be going on but the the gap needs to be bridged and like you've just said part of that is is looking at um at the individual, their symptoms, taking time to look at their health history. Have they travelled? Have they taken antibiotics? Have they had a really stressful period? Are they living in the middle of a city? You know, quite a kind of, you know, overwhelming burden of environmental toxins. And then also looking at, you know, so that would be kind of looking at the symptoms. But then also getting some general blood tests done. And we've talked about this before. Like, they're, they're incredibly insightful in terms of looking at, you know, red blood cells, white blood cells, liver, kidney function... Mm thyroid blood sugars like that is cool stuff to really make a big start with somebody about looking at their general health and wellness because it's kind of looking at all the systems essentially it's looking at function does the body function how it should yeah. when we were doing presentations lately i've started to say to people you need to ask the question why do i why don't i work and it's just not as simple as like in our membership group for example we see so much of a dialogue about fats protein and exercise don't we mm-hmm. 
And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, you know, we need to go back. And, and again, I do loads of different presentations. I go, we've got digestion, we have got um, endocrine, like hormone, we've got neurotransmitters, we've got the immune system, and we've got structure of the body, like joints and things. We've got so many different systems that need to work um, together. And then the mental and physical, the kind of mental and, and psychological the same thing goes the, the psychological <laughs> side of health as well which we know we talked about aces really does affect the entire body your entire balance of hormones stress hormones whatnot just such a bigger picture and i suppose the evolution of fitter food has been not only we've gone from two personal trainers who were like let's do some really cool training and let's generally not eat too much crap yeah <laughs> which is where we started out and let's 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 all be healthy about our body composition let's not get an unhealthy body composition we've changed from that to go into everything from your relationship with yourself, your sense of purpose and fulfillment in life, your need for nutrient density, your need for letting your body function and, and really supporting all of those different areas of the body. And I, a big part of my passion has been education of, of that to other people yeah. because for me it was liberating to, to start off on a journey that was generally about body composition, then about really getting super fit to earn status. That was what I was trying to do. It was like status for myself and status in amongst other people because I was like if I can beast myself I'll leave that gym feeling amazing if I can beat what I did last time I'm going to feel amazing but then also I'll gain status in amongst training peers sounds like a stupid way of saying it but you know no, people, no. people I train with you know and it and that's very kind of it was an unhealthy relationship with myself and and with exercise to have and so I'm absolutely grateful that my journey has led me down towards um the way that I eat now is and guide clients is about nutrient density and function so i want their body to work and i want they need nutrient density for that so that's what governs their nutrition choices and the same for exercise we've all got to do it it's just about finding what you enjoy the right amount for you and what is sustainable and at times going i need to back off and at times going i'm being lazy i need to get my ass in gear and that's what's changed for me definitely and i kind of more in that that's just been my my kind of bigger evolution sorry i've just gone off there no, no, what's I mean, been your evolution matthew uh, what, what are we talking about again are we, <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we on subject subjects? <laughs> who knows um, i brought it back to subject you kind of did yeah kind of kind of no i think for me i mean it's really interesting because you know i, I think genuinely when you start out in, in our industry and like you said for both of us it was the personal training route i suppose you're you're the way you look at it is like you kind of want to become a PT because you want to help people, you know, probably like look and feel better. Yeah. You know, like I, I wouldn't have said there's that many people now that are like, I want to become a personal trainer because I want to help people become healthy. It's always, it's normally is related to kind of aesthetics. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. to be fair, let's be honest, the reason most people get a personal trainer is for aesthetics. Yeah. They don't go, oh, I'm going to invest in a block of 10 sessions because I want to feel super duper healthy. No, no. Because they, they associate health with looking good anyway. Yes, yeah. You know, and I suppose a big kind of like way that I have evolved over the years, like you said, is, is having an actual a real genuine appreciation and passion, if you like, for, for health. And, and, you know, and, and health as a whole, you know, kind of like your 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 mindset, you know, so your, your kind of like mental health, um, your obviously physical health, you know, your the way you look, the way you feel, sleep, yeah. uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and all of these, these things do come into it. And, and again, over the years, I've kind of learned that more and more and, and with myself as well. And, and I think it takes a, a good coach to be able to, 
read their client, you know, once you get to know your client. And that's yeah. when you start using your experience and your ability to work with people to make decisions. Yeah. You know, and I think far too many personal trainers feel the urge to just absolutely annihilate their clients when they turn up regardless doesn't matter what day of the week it is whether they look like crap whether they've just told you that they've just spent up with their partner or whatever it's like cool i know the cure a beast in you know in in, in defense of those trainers that is what the person sometimes expects and wants and secondly looks impressive to other gym members 100% I've been there I've been there I'm not I'm not not saying but what I'm saying is is... (laughs) imagine if you walked up and your personal trainer is kind of like stroking your foot and giving you a foot rub which is probably what some people need that would be weird yeah (laughs) Yeah, but some days that's what people need but no trainer is ever going to do that no but I mean like you know but again that that comes with experience (laughs) that over time and confidence you could be exactly because like you say like don't get me wrong some people are like I've paid you x amount i want i want to leave i want to crawl out of this gym that's value for money yeah i don't want to walk out full of energy whereas now you know like i I, i'm much better at reading a person reading the situation you know i would never ever ever in a million years um you know just skip over poor technique to to favor intensity you know and and and, and that's how I've evolved as a coach, you know, being able to work with clients who, you know, in one session might only end up doing two or three exercises because we're improving their movement and their technique and, and whatnot compared to getting through a massive circuit that's going to have them yeah. gasping for air and sweating like mad. But well, What's so interesting, actually, and this kind of goes back to the evolution of exercise in a way, is when me and you were kind of in it and... Uh, the personal training kind of world and both of us were in um, kettlebells was our kind of big passion initially and we were in the the kettlebell training system in terms of doing all these different courses kettlebell sport Russian kettlebell challenge and we wanted to get you had to have there was levels you had to meet so you had to snatch a certain weight squat press a certain weight both of us were down that route and um, and we loved it and we were really really driven really passionate but then we just kind of got this we're type A's anyway we like to be busy and doing stuff but then we just got this we lost our way in terms of every session had to be kind of a beasting Mm. and I remember getting very injured and then trying to work with different physiotherapists and and osteopaths who kind of made me go through some really slow stuff and even you calmed down quite a bit and tried to take over and go I'm just going to do a session on shoulder work with you and I could not handle not sweating Mm. I just did not get it I was like this is not a session what am I doing in a gym if I'm not dripping with sweat and like literally heart rate through the roof and the more I learn now about the human body the more I learn even if it was just body composition I was completely going the wrong way about it you know like we've talked before your body builds lean muscle mass during rest but also like actually being in that high heart rate zone all the time which is kind of also how the social media world is driving us towards hit training hit training 45 minutes mm. an hour da, da, da. and you've always been like well the point of hit is that it's about 20 seconds and five rounds it shouldn't be most of your exercise should well, be maybe a bit more than five rounds but sorry yes ten rounds. <laughs> eight to ten isn't it is the, is the magic number but is that occasionally a couple of times a week you get in that heart rate zone but the rest of the time there's a lot of low level stuff but more than that if you want to be doing this when you're 60 70 80 you've got to look at function of the body as well mm. and so when you get an injury and, and you're in pain you keep training that or even if you address it you know manage to fix the injury and then go back and do what got you the injury in the first place you're shortening your training or your movement uh lifespan by you know like 5 10 20 years your training your enough, training life you mean but not, just yeah sorry <laughs> not your just general life expectancy no, 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 so like your movement yes yeah, so i was gonna say your your daily movement so yeah. we, we know people that are, are completely sedentary 
in their late 60s because of beating their body mm. earlier, like older clients. And so we're trying to actually go, you know, we could work on, on, on actually restoring movement and, and, and function of, of joints at this point in time. But what I was about to say was you have to almost take a step back from that and go, why could I not go into a gym and do something restorative? That's a big question a lot mm. of people need to ask themselves. And I've got clients now who need to ask, and that isn't about me being obsessed with exercise, that's me having a bad relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And so that was me for a good 10 years, even though I, I, I kind of loved... Um, I loved exercise and I, I evolved my approach to exercise. I was evolving my approach to nutrition. The fundamental thing I wasn't addressing was basically kind of a low self-esteem, low confidence, um, you know, and a bad body, you know, bad relationship with my own body image, mm -hmm. like a kind of desire to constantly change it. Even when I changed it, I just pushed the boundaries even further, you know. And the minute someone made a comment that could have been potentially negative, you can guarantee I perceived it as negative, whether it was intended yeah, yeah. that way or not. <laughs> You know, uh, I had lots of comments like, you're really curvy despite the amount of exercise you do. Instantly, that was like, you're saying I'm fat. You know? yeah. So, and that was because I didn't have a good relationship with my body. And that is something that me and you are more and more trying to get people to address. That even goes back to kind of a lack of some key things weren't right in my life. My career wasn't right. My relationship wasn't right. And, you know, I was still uh, very hung up on what people thought about mm -hmm. me. And so I had to change those things. And that was a little bit of a, a process that, that I think everyone needs to go through at some point. Well, I think like you know, you know, like you know, like we said, like this podcast is kind of like how we've evolved, you know, ourselves, you know, both personally and professionally. And I think for us, because of what we do, they, they they very much intertwine, if you like, because the way that we've evolved with our own training and nutrition yeah. transfers over, over to yeah. to our clients. And if you look back to when we were in that mindset of like, I'm in the gym, 100 mile an hour, smash myself, you know, let's, you know, let, let's go for this hell for leather was how we tend to train our clients because that's what we felt was effective. That's what we felt they wanted. That's what we felt they thought, you know, was a sign of a money well spent, if yeah. you like. And, you know, we're, you know, we're very pleased to say that we snapped out of that mindset pretty quickly. Yeah. Because um, we learned that wasn't the way to go, and actually, you know, anybody who's had any injuries that prevent them from training will know how ridiculously frustrating it is. So, so a good thing that I often say to people now is, uh, we all fear injury. If you love the training that you do, everybody fears that. But weirdly, I now know I can cope with it. Having had injuries, reset my relationship with my body generally, and knowing how my body functions, so I know that nutrition really sleep. And, and kind of just some gentle daily movement where possible is what keeps my body composition healthy. Therefore, an injury isn't going to derail me like it would have done years ago. Yeah, well, it's, and, it's, and this is a huge, huge thing. Like, cause, and, and, and this is something that is still a huge battle for us uh, when working with people is trying to make them between exercise and fat and loss. weight loss, yeah. Yes, it, it helps, you know, like, but exercise is not just a weight loss tool. Like, you know, lifting weights, exercise is, is so good for you from a health and longevity perspective anyway. Um, but people use it as a, you know, as a, this, like, the main tool in their quest for fat loss. And somebody said the other day, and I got into not a debate with them, but they couldn't quite get where I was coming from and got a bit defensive because of it was they blamed their weight gain and said, oh, I've gained X amount of weight, but that's because I injured my so-and-so and I haven't exercised for this long. And then I was like, yeah, but that's not the reason you gained weight. So-and-so injury, they're the worst. 
No, I can't actually remember what the, <laughs> what the injury was now specifically, but uh, so it's a so-and-so injury. Yeah. <laughs> it's the injury of the so-and-so. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, you need a so-and-so physio. <laughs> and that. <laughs> With a thingamajig. That's the clear the classic. Oh, do you remember a thingamajig over uh, what's-his-face? And uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally know what you're talking about. Um, and I said, well, that's not the reason you gained weight. The reason you gained weight is because... You're, you were, you're, you're eating too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were probably eating as if you were exercising and probably maybe eating a little bit more because you might have been seeking a bit of comfort in food, therefore using a calorie surplus. That's why you gained weight. It's not because you stopped exercising no. that you gained weight. You didn't adapt things accordingly. And she was like, well, no, no, uh, like, no, it's because it's only since I stopped exercising. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's fine, but... You, you would have needed to have reduced your kind of energy intake because your energy expenditure was less because you've removed exercise from the equation. Yeah. And they couldn't understand what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. That I think they thought I was just trying to be argumentative. But some, he, some of it, I think, is a, if you get like a complacency when you're training that you quite enjoy that you can in, eat, eat a little more. Like yeah. Everyone has got that kind of, I know, I know I've got like an inner oil it's where like, I'm like, like, oh, I've, I've done yoga and I've done a big walk with Hamish. I can afford to have a dessert or a snack to the, you know. Well, I do think for ex- exercise for some, it's like damage control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bit like, mm, I'm not going to lose any weight this week, but at least I'm not going to gain any. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with the weight loss bit next week or, yeah. or whatever it may be. And I think, and that's been a huge thing for me. I mean, I've had my fair share of injuries over the years, but my, I suppose my biggest, um, uh, the way I've evolved the most, if you like, is probably my ability to be much more intuitive with my body. And that goes from the, the food that I'm eating, the way that I'm training, the intensity I'm training, the frequency that I'm training, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, whereas before, you know, if I'd said to myself, right, I'm training tomorrow at this time and I'm doing X, Y and Z, you know, I'd, I'd get really peed off if anything happened to where that didn't. Funny enough, the only the only time I see your training relationship go a bit wrong is almost... Go, go wrong. Is, ...is when you're frustrated, like maybe from a business perspective, running a business, if there's a situation you're frustrated with, you're like, I need to just go to the gym. And, and in a way, I, I sometimes highlight to you... I don't think you do need to go to the gym. That's an escape for you at this point mm. in time. I think you need to sit down and decide what you're going to do about this situation because you've always been way more level-headed than me. And, I, and I, I will deal with it, but once I've got a pump on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's the only time... Every I'm... situation's easier to deal with with a pump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a scientific study out there somewhere that'll back that up. <laughs> um, that sounds a bit wrong. But I would say that is the only time that, that I ever see you where I think... You're training here for the wrong reason because you love training mm. and you don't cane it because you're like, no, it doesn't work. I need to be able to progress and I don't progress if I overdo it. Yeah. So you're, you're way more level-headed. You've totally nailed it. Everyone on Facebook thinks you train every day because you'll share your workouts most days on Facebook and Instagram. But really, you're kind of around four times a week, five if Max. it's a really good week. You walk the dog and stuff and you've just got into... We've been running, which is a first. We've been running a little bit together, together haven't we? Yeah. But we walk... Not, it's, not like holding hands or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I can imagine. But we're trying to do a little bit of like kind of very light cardio where we talk. So it's not even... I mean, it's not... For you, it must be really slow because... No, it's, it's, it's a really nice pace, actually. <laughs> yeah, and we talk whilst we're running. And it's usually on really sunny days we go, should we just go for a really light jog together? And we love it. And Hamish we, loves it. Hamish loves it. But um, I was going to say that's to me, 
the only time where I see your relationship with training change where it's like I'm going to use it as an escape at this point in time and do something that makes me feel in control when I'm not like and that's again kind of going back to why I suppose taking another step back from all of this is people have to stop using their body composition as a means of control Mm -hmm. do you see what I mean so if something's going really well don't almost say so 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 some people are happy eaters you've ever heard that I used to be a bit like that to be honest if all was good in life and didn't have much to worry about I'd probably overdo like I'm going to go out for a few drinks I'm going to get pick a mix life is good I'm really enjoying it so it's almost like I lost control and then when things were stressful I went the complete opposite and I'd be like I need to rein it in I'm a terrible person I'm not looking very hot right now that's what we always (laughs) say don't we like a lot of people when you know they're if they're if they're upset, they've had some bad news in the family. You know, all of a sudden, you know, like diet goes on the back burner. You know, if you've had some great news and you're celebrating, what do you do? You <laughs> pop a bottle. Yeah, you go yeah. out, oh, sod it. You know, life's great. Let's like, you know, desserts for everybody. Let's yeah, get a yeah. big pizza Celebrate. tonight or whatever. You know, so and it's quite funny. It's like two extremes. You know, two opposite opposite ends of the spe- of the scale. Yeah. And both, you know, you use food and drink as a either a celebration or a comfort and there's nothing wrong with that i mean blimey like you know hell we celebrate you know yeah, with, yeah. with with a bit of booze or you know whatever and you know and, and i as we know it's kind of i'm renowned as being a bit of a bridget jones now and just sitting <laughs> in my underpants eating ice cream on the sofa when things aren't going quite as i would like them to <laughs> going yeah. to the gym for four hours <laughs> you're crying whilst doing bench press <laughs> and um you know, and it's you know, so we're not we're not perfect, and, and you know we're still very much kind of on this journey ourselves uh, in that sense. But we are much, much, much better at it. You know, in that now, like today, to be fair, in fact, is a classic example. Um, you know, like we woke up and we we had like a, a plans got changed last minute, didn't they? Like we yeah. kind of woke up to a text message. Um, to, to what you know changing the plans that we were meant to be doing this morning it kind of really threw me and I thought oh perfect though I'll, I'll go to the gym because I'd have planned on training today at some point anyway but I genuinely was like but I'm not in the mood I'm pretty knackered would it be an effective workout or would I be better off just training later or maybe saving it and training tomorrow right, yeah and that to me is huge because that once upon a time would not have been the case yeah I would have gone, I feel like crap, I'm not in the mood, but I need to go today. Yeah. You know, not I want to go, I need to go. Because I said I was going to go, I need to get this workout in, blah, 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 blah. Whereas now I'm, I'm kind of much more strong-minded, much more confident in my ability, much more, you know, uh, confident in that missing today's session would have little impact to no impact on my body my body composition etc etc and if anything an extra day of rest and good scoff will probably mean i'll have an even better more effective workout tomorrow yeah it it, it, that's a really interesting point because i think what i've noticed now is we've had a a, a really like running a business anyone tell you is is quite stressful quite exhausting and at times um even though we've we've, (laughs) we walk the walk and we try and support our health i think recently Having moved out of London and we're in a in a in a really nice house by by woodland, so we've got these kind of woodland on our doorstep. So we take breaks, reg, more regular breaks than we've ever taken. We do our woodland walks. It's quiet. We get better sleep. We focus back our nutrition. So we kind of launched Fit Sixteen and said, right, we're going to go on it. We did a bit of a, a gut protocol. We've done, you know, we're always kind of looking after ourselves and and and. 
I think now I'm in a position where scarily I could train every day. I wake up most mornings and I'm like, definitely could mm. do something today. Yeah. And so it's really uh, empowering for me to be able to go, but I'm not actually going to, and I'm going to go and walk. And and I, I like it, you know, I kind of try and stick to, and it's almost like, you know, the battle for me is actually not to train some mornings because I'm like, I've got so much energy, but mm. this is what got me in trouble in the first place. Yeah. I got the energy back and then went right back down the route and beasted it my body again. And I've done this on and off for like 10 years. I can get better. I can go with the help of other people. When I wasn't in the industry, I go and see various different nutritionists or physios, whatever. And then I go right back to what got me in trouble. Yeah. And so now actually waking up with energy and just being grateful for it, um, and I think the other big thing that has really changed for me is is not making it this 100% thing all the time mm-hmm. where it's kind of, oh, it was this dietary factor that, that really made or like kind of made it for me or didn't or it's this supplement. Almost not attaching yourself to any single thing and understanding that it's all of them kind of fitting together. And a big part of it is is the kind of sense of, of loving what you do in life as well, why you, why you get out of bed each day. Because when I'm doing that, everything becomes second nature for me I don't even have time to look at my body composition so by that I mean like this is a bit of a confession sometimes I sleep in my clothes <laughs> get up the next day and go straight out don't I because <laughs> it's a waste of time now that sounds grim but it's because I'm gonna go out for a run with a dog and then I'll shower after and everything but sometimes I don't even get chance sometimes you shower after yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's a deodorant wipe and I'm done <laughs> it's grim but luckily I don't have office colleagues but what I was gonna say was sometimes I'm so excited about what I'm doing and I I don't even think about my body I don't think about what I'm gonna wear that day I don't think about things that dominated my thoughts so for a woman getting dressed can sometimes ruin your mindset because something doesn't fit and you're like, oh, heck, like, that's not the word you generally use. <laughs> but you're like, this is a fat day. I look awful in this outfit. I'm fat. I'm this. And, and you start this dialogue and it goes on and on and on. And it's triggered by perhaps that your mother-in-law put the jeans in the tumble dryer that day. Yeah. We used to have this conversation all the time. And but you'd you know, be like, you, you don't I'm, look any different. <laughs> I must admit, like, one of my ex-girlfriends, and I could, it was the first time I'd ever heard such a thing. But since then, I've kind of heard it from from other friends of mine it's quite a common occurrence uh when one of my ex-girlfriends kicked up a massive fuss because she didn't <laughs> like how she looked in her outfit that she'd planned to wear for that night and therefore no longer wanted to go out i had such little kind of like empathy like you know in that situation because i was like are you serious? Like, (laughs) you're not going to go out because you don't like, I was like, wear a different outfit. No, but I got this outfit, especially I look horrible in it. Like, blah, blah, blah. You look (laughs) lovely. Like, you know, I thought I was saying all the right things. Do men do anything like that? What? Do men ever do anything like that? Like, no. Do you get affected like by putting, if your jeans are a bit tight, does it? Like, get in. (laughs) Gains. No, but doesn't anything that triggers you to think, I don't look like I should look. And and then it changes your psyche or not? No. Because it does women. It does affect women in league. Yeah, well, clearly. But, but, but then, no, but here, let me finish my story. And then I turned <laughs> did, around did, and did I Did you make it out? <laughs> did you yeah, go? Yeah, on my own. Oh, <laughs> I just said, well, I'm not staying in. Like, you know, we've arranged to go out. You know, we're meeting friends. And I said, like, I'm going. Like, if you want to come, let's go. left sobbing in the bedroom. Because I couldn't, at the time, you know, on reflection, it was probably a bit insensitive. <laughs> you know, mate, but... But at the time, I could not... It, the first time I'd ever heard it, I thought it was a wind-up. Yeah. And I just... I could not get my head around it. 
And I just thought, that is the... <laughs> did you desire you chose girlfriends going forward? How do you feel when an outfit doesn't look good? Yeah, what, what, what would you do? <laughs> Say you, you, you bought an outfit especially. <laughs> yeah. You put it on, you didn't like how you looked. What would you do? <laughs> you still go out. That should be on, like, take me out or something, yeah. that question. That, that's my, that could be my deciding <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah, like, do you still go out that night? Yeah. Anyway, but it's true that there are triggers... That can affect, and it can be also triggers that you see on social media where you know you decided to walk that day when you go online, everyone else is talking about the 10k run they did and the PB they got, and there's sweaty gym videos everywhere. Like, you can be triggered to doubting and questioning yourself, and it goes on this like for, for women, especially. And I speak this is definitely what I experienced, but I just see it in so many clients. The dialogue just goes and goes and goes and goes, and you then lose complete and uh, kind of. You've just lost, um, like, your true kind of perception of, of anything. Mm. And it's about identifying. And lots of people ask me, oh, you know, how did you change things like the obsession with overtraining and even, in, you know, orthorexia. My, my relationship with food used to be, like, I wanted perfection. I wanted mm-hmm. to do 100%. And it all changed for various reasons. Sometimes big life events change you, you know, kind of loved ones not, not being well and things like that definitely changed me. And they kind of go, what am I doing? Wasting my time worrying about this detail, that detail, you know. 80 to 90 percent of the time i'm nailing it i just need to give myself a pat on the back and and find a find a bigger purpose in life which is a big big factor and days when i'm doing stuff that i love and i'm busy none of these thoughts can can enter my head or compromise me i don't even have the time and that's that's a brilliant headspace to be in but if you do find yourself doing that it's just good to kind of identify it and there's loads of, of amazing quotes about this but just knowing that those thoughts are not you they're not a reality and i sometimes repeat that to myself you know (laughs) <laughs> the thoughts aren't me and then my second question I, my second question statement I make to myself is who really cares mm. and that a lot of that is because I make sure I spend a lot of time now with people I genuinely look forward to being with and there's a reciprocal reciprocal kind of friendship there where we check in with each other you can have friendships and relationships where it's very one-sided you're always doing the hard work you're always helping somebody or kind of being there for them um, it doesn't work for your needs in terms of it's not supporting your health essentially yeah yeah so social interaction is a massive part of health and having those connections and we try and make sure we spend time with people where we go do you want to see this person yeah yeah absolutely do yeah and, and we're in a really lucky position we don't even have enough time to see all the people we love mm. so we're like oh, i'd love to go and see them for this weekend and that weekend we just run a business so we're, we're busy and we don't have time but because I do that now, I don't have that thing of what will people think of my outfit when I'm going out, yeah. <laughs> you know, like your ex-girlfriend might have done. Because true friends couldn't give a flip what I'm wearing. True, true friends aren't going to look me up and down and go, is she a size 8? Is she a size 16? That We haven't seen her for a while. They do not care. And you see that where, you know, and, and, and that's the kind of relationship we almost need with ourselves as well. Because oh, 100%. I mean, I think there's... I mean, to be fair, this could probably be an entire episode in itself. But, you know, like, you know, social media, you know, and the kind of the the, the rise of like Instagrams uh, in particular, I would have said kind of almost to us. Don't get me wrong. I follow some super inspirational people on Instagram. I've come across some real like I was was about to say I was about to swear then. Um, I won't say it. Just um, people who (laughs) are probably what I see is wrong with the kind of uh, the state of affairs, if you will, when it comes to health and nutrition, because I think it almost 
paints a, a really false picture of what health actually is. And also... Um, what, do you, what do you say about Instagram? What did you say? Was it your... It's, the, it's, like, it's the highlight reel. The highlight reel, that's it's the it. highlight reel so of your life. So keep that in mind when you're, when you're scrolling through. Like, it is the highlight reel. Well, I think, you know, let's say, for example, <laughs> you know, like, you, you, know, you, know, you, do, you see, like, a, you know, a, a woman who's in an amazing shape in some really tight gym kit, training hard, working out, looks fantastic. To you, you think, you know, that she's super healthy, super fit and super strong. You know, she may well be. But then we actually know many people that are that are in our industry that you know on their highlight reel look like they've got this perfect life, who are in great shape, and we actually happen to know that they're quite unhappy individuals who are pushing through injury day to day because they can't not be seen working out. They can't yeah. possibly get their head around not training for a certain amount of time to try and deal with this injury to be pain free because it's more in you know that they've got that that association to training and what training means to them. I think... People, and it's got... It, it becomes... It's, it's a negative relationship. It's no longer no, no. a healthy relationship. But to can everybody you, else out there, they think this person looks amazing. Yeah. They're probably so happy. Can you imagine anything... To me, it's my worst nightmare to be where my entire reason for being is my physique. Hmm. The only reason people follow me and want to know what I'm doing is my physique. Because for me... Teaching has always been my passion, as as yours. Mm-hmm. So we love being, um, like, learning a process, like, as in upskilling ourselves, be it nutrition, be it training, movement, lifestyle stuff, and then teaching that to other people. Yeah. And so that is a wonderful position to be in. So that is what we try and do on social media. But when I see people who are purely about physique, I just think, God, what? It's a bit soulless to me, but also... It would if you and for you guys out there, kind of scrolling through and thinking, I'd like to be that person. Ask yourself, would you like to be that person with that hundred percent pressure on yourself every day to look a certain way, be a certain way, get on social media? Because I know personally, I hate even brushing my hair and showering, <laughs> like for social media. Like I, I, I'm hardly on there as much as you because it's a bit like I should really brush my hair and and, and wash today to go to but go maybe and put you shouldn't. A maybe I keep it yeah. real, but. It does my head in because it distracts me from what I love doing, which is writing content for our members and teaching, writing books. That's what I love doing. And I don't want somebody to be looking at my physique all the time because it's not a reflection. Figure. um, Physique's quite masculine, isn't it? Okay. Because it's not a reflection of, of I don't want to be, you know, end my days and go, well, what did you do with your life? Well, I had an epic six pack you know people loved my six pack which i got from not eating <laughs> like not, you know, it's just and, crazy and, and, and not to say you know you can't get low body fat and whatever no, through, think, through healthy means but i think i, I totally need, i, I totally to get not. what you're saying like you know it's people need to look beyond yeah. just someone's aesthetics to whether you know to whether they're even qualified to give sound advice or whatever it yeah, may be yeah. like but um your battery's gonna go know, so we should probably just, wrap yeah, up will you just but, tell the story about the fake i didn't even know this existed on instagram so but i think people should know about this you don't need to name the, the fake, person the fake weights people use fake weight plates and so there's a woman squatting what well, is 220 is, kilos supposedly yeah but she's literally looking like she's doing body weights but no, she's no, bouncing up and bouncing, down bouncing not a single grimace and so somebody no bend of the bar <laughs> a great like personal trainer who's very furious about this process because it is kind of it's ruining the industry to think that that is that she's actually doing that when there are some great female and he says mm. it's like there are some great female lifters out there who work then, years to squat that yeah. way and do it you know and are actually doing it and so what they're doing is some women in very tight gym gear with with 
generous booties are using fake weight plates to look like they're squatting huge amounts of weight and you but can just tell from it that there's, there's a guy as well that's kind of uh, been been done as well for using the fake weights on like the bench press and Isn't the squats and stuff like that and it's but it's again because people see you know on the flip side you know people you know a lot of people see a six pack as health in in kind of our industry people see instagram followers as success you yeah, know yeah. Oh, i've got a million followers now i've made it it's like, and, yeah, and that's what they're, they, you know, so you, in our goal, you know, and not, not to, you know, I'm not saying, oh, they're terrible. Or, uh, well, well, they, you know, if you are kind of buying fake plates just to get more followers, then you, you, you know, are terrible. You, are terrible. <laughs> um, you know, for us, it's like we try and add value where we possibly can in our posts. And, you know, yeah, we're not the most popular people on social media, if you like, but, you know, at least, you know, it, we, we know that the content we're putting out there, like, there's, we're genuinely trying to to help people wherever we can, and it's not a, it's not something that we're doing just to kind of massage our egos and get loads of likes and followers, etc. But yeah, that could be a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a whole other episode. But guys, battery's going to go. Wow, that kind of kept us accountable. Um, actually, before I do say Tarar, actually, there, there was one story, and this is a couple of years ago. I read. Tell uh, us more about the girlfriend. That's what we want to know about now. I, 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 this guy, he was a PT. <laughs> And um, he became quite lean, quite unhealthy means, which he openly said, you know, he said I was, you know, I I definitely had an eating disorder because I was obsessed with having a six pack. I was training for three hours most days, but certainly not eating enough. And I certainly wasn't happy. However, I gained this reputation for being this super fit, healthy, lean personal trainer. And off the back of it, I got loads and loads of clients. And I felt I was in this, 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 this really dark place where I couldn't, stop doing it because i would lose my clients i would lose respect and it broke my heart reading reading it because i thought god i can totally imagine that imagine that i can totally see why he feels that way but you know he did actually break free of that and it was amazing you know to, to know that he did but it just shows you doesn't it you know what you see and what is kind of going on behind the scenes you know isn't always what it seems so guys thank you so much for listening um we've nailed it two percent battery left (laughs) big love to you all you know leave a review if you haven't done so already and share away with anyone you think will find this uh, useful and we'll see you in episode 88 88 yeah Bye. bye